You're listening to the Deep Purple Podcast, a fan podcast about one of the most legendary bands of all time, Deep Purple. We take a look at the music, history, and people behind the band Deep Purple and beyond. Welcome to the Deep Purple Podcast, the first and only podcast devoted to one of the greatest bands in rock history, Deep Purple. Today's episode is episode number 45, Weird Versions of Smoke on the Water, part one. And coming to you from the smoky suburbs of Chicago, I'm your host, Nathan Beaudry. And coming to you from the suburbs of Providence, it's John Spirit of 76, Matola. Ah, yes. Spirit of 76. Well, we'll, um, we'll let you figure that one out. Yeah, you can figure that one out. All right. For those of you playing at home, paying attention. Um, All right. So if you want to keep up to date on the show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcatcher. You can also subscribe on YouTube. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All that information is at deeppurplepodcast.com. And of course, if you want to hear more episodes, become a patron on Patreon. You know, how much how much money do you spend on that Starbucks coffee every week? You could be just taking one of those many dollars and sending it to the show. If we provide you with some uh, some some excitement in your week or we provide you with some entertainment on your morning commute. Hey, throw us a dollar. We'd, we'd love it. And then yeah, you could as good as any caffeine high. Yeah. Or any other sort of entry. How much do you play, pay to go see that big blockbuster movie? Or or get one of those big giant popcorns? Just take a tiny fraction of that, like, I don't know, a hundred kernels of popcorn worth. <laughs> and just give that to us once a month. Would you, If we were in the movies with you, would you share your popcorn with us? Of course you would, because you'd be a good neighbor. So, hey, if you're enjoying the show, if you get some value out of it, give us some value back. We'd appreciate it. And um, we'd also appreciate five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. We haven't got one in a little bit, so leave us a review. Tell so us, sad. Tell us how you feel. Speaking of patrons, we have to uh, recognize our patrons. Coming in at the $10 Super Champion tier, we have Steve Seaborg of NameOnAnything.com and AllTheWorldsOfStage.net. And, uh-oh, wait a second. It's getting a little crowded in that $10 tier. We have a new patron coming in at the $10 tier. Really? New time patron, Ryan M. Thank you so much for supporting the show. That's, oh, wow. This is somebody new. Yeah. A new a new patron nice. starting at the $10 tier. That's quite something. Nice. Yeah. So thank you. Very excited. I had a lot of back and forth with Ryan M. I, 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 sent, I sent him so many messages back that I was like, I'm sorry. I'm probably annoying you. <laughs> I was like, I'll stop now. Um then uh, at the $5 tier, we have, as always, Clay Wambar- Wambacher and Greg Sealby. And then, wait a second, we have a, a, a first time, well, actually, second time, patron upgrade. Upgrading from the $3 tier to the $5 tier is Frank Teelgard Mortensen, our old friend. He said, you know what? He did the right thing. He's like, I'm getting a lo- I'm getting more than $3 of value from these guys. I'm upping it to $5. So we really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Frank, for your continued support. At the $3 tier, Peter Gardot, Ian DeRosier, and Mark Roback. I've heard back it's pronounced Roback. So in Rhode Island, it would be pronounced Mock Roback, <laughs> not Mock Robach. And then at the $1 made up name tier, we have L's Murders, Spacey Noodles, and what's that? New patron alert, Leaky Mausoleum. 
not only coming in at the $1 made up name tier, but keeping the spirit of the $1 made up name tier alive. I love it. Again, maybe it's presumptuous of me. Maybe leaky mausoleum is his or her God given name, but I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that that's a made up name. No, I think that uh, Leaky knows us well enough now <laughs> that if he or she wants to get into that tier, it's going to be a made-up name or made-up sounding name. Or maybe I can make a $2 made-up name or a $2 disgusting made-up name tier for Leaky Mausoleum. <laughs> it's kind of a gro- conjures gross. Um, do you remember that thing uh, that was in the news when it was at, like a while back where they found this mummy and there was like this like like red syrupy ooze that was all like it was just sitting in this like remember this no it was like it was a it was a while back and they found this like egyptian mummy and it was it had this like disgusting liquid in it and that was kind of a meme for like a a little while um i don't remember looking it up now it's it's absolutely disgusting um oh here it is i just found a picture of it (laughs) Your reaction. Oh. oh, it's very gross. I got to I got to share this picture with you just so you can see it. Um, of course, it's not going to let me. Uh, here we go. So, yeah. So they found this mummy and it's, they called it mummy juice, which sounds like, you know, like what like a suburban housewife would call wine. Ah, some mummy juice. Um, you know, like a bunch of kids mix something together and it's mummy juice. Exactly. Oh, see that. So there's all these like disgusting bones and there's like this red yeah. liquid. It looks almost like like broth or something. It's just really gross. Uh, yeah, it's so, nasty, man. So that's kind of what vision what I envision when I think a leaky mausoleum. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty gross. Um, oh, actually, ooh, there's a there's a worse picture of it. So this one is like it's taken from like the it's taken from high above, and you see like. A whole full skeleton. It's like legs are like under this like gross liquid. Ugh. Yeah. Doesn't look like the mummification worked very well either. Mm. Anyway, we're going to move on from got that. A little, got a little leaky. Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to try to segue gracefully out of that one. Um, we'd like to thank our brothers of the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Rye at Sabbath Bloody Podcast. The Simple Man at Skinner Reconsidered. And Terry T-Bone Mathley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts. And of course, the patron saint of archivist. Of the Deep Purple podcast, York Planer, essential Twitter follow. If you like Deep Purple, White Snake, both all Coverdale, follow him. You will you will be treated to a flurry of amazing historical documents about about everything. So, ah, so lots going on this week on Twitter and Instagram and all that. We had um, I got an email today. From uh, one of our listeners, Norman, who we've, we've been going back and forth for a few months now, and he wrote he wrote me to ask if if I'd ever seen the movie Discoverdale and what my thoughts on it were. Have you heard of this? No, no, neither had I. So I did some some research on it. He want he mm-hmm. basically wanted like a a uh, a review almost like like hey should I see this movie? And I was like I've, I was like well you just introduced me to it so i can't really review it for you um but there there's the uh the movie poster for it it's a big giant <laughs> david coverdale head hanging over this band um and it's uh the band called dead cat bounce in discoverdale 
which is kind of written in the white snake font. And it's the tagline is son of a legend, mother of a mission. So the description on IMDb and it gets very good. It's like at an 8.1 out of 10 rating on IMDb. But a fly on the wall film crew follow cult comedy rock band Dead Cat Bounce on a desperate quest across Europe to reunite lead singer Jim with his long lost father, who he believes is the legendary rock singer and White Snake frontman David Coverdale. <laughs> Crossing Ireland, England, Norway, and Denmark, the band follow the White Snake forevermore tour across Europe. They, they've got no money and no idea what they're doing. Just blind faith that one day soon, Jim will be sharing a jacuzzi in a five-star hotel with the dad of his dreams and hopefully some hot Asian chicks. <laughs> so I, I think we're going to have to do a movie review. I think we might have to independently watch that at some point and do a little movie review on the show. I think that sounds like a great concept right there. I mean, Coverdale would definitely be the dad of my dreams. <laughs> He'd be the dad of your dad is not that far off from Coverdale <laughs> as far as being inappropriate. And <laughs> yeah, he just, uh, you know, he doesn't have the, the long blonde hair and uh, the world tour. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't quite have the, the same level of clout as as Coverdale. <laughs> oh, that's great, though. I Yeah, I would love to watch that. Or we could, you know, we could do a, um, you know, we could. um you know, we could do like a, you know, video share or whatever and watch it together sometime, like stream it. That would be that would be pretty cool. I, yeah, I've no, I, I don't think Coverdale's in it. I don't remember. Well, let me check out the IMDb. See who's it. Uh, are you familiar with the band Dead Cat Bounce? No. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, Discoverdale came out in 2012, directed by George Kane. Stars Demian Fox, Shane O'Brien, and James Walmsley. I'm sure they put Coverdale's name if he was in there. So I guess that kind of spoiler, it looks like they don't find Coverdale. <laughs> or if they do, somebody else plays him. But I wonder if David Coverdale knows about this movie or what he thinks. I'm sure, well, obviously he must know about it, but I wonder what he thinks about it. Oh, tweet out about it. He might answer. Yes. Ah, yes. A lovely, a lovely film. Well, a lovely romp. It's like, but I'm not the father. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, eight point one out of ten stars, pretty good. And it's how many reviews did it get? Uh, fourteen, so not a ton. But still, it's a far cry from Butterfly Balls, like whatever, two point nine stars with five thousand reviews or something. <laughs> Solidified. Well, I mean, as, to be to be fair, I mean. Oh yeah, it's a terrible movie. The movie itself has not aged well. Yeah, the movie's terrible. The the performance is incredible. The footage. Oh, yes. <laughs> All Chef's right. kiss. So uh, before we get into it, uh, we were fortunate enough to line up another sponsor this week. And, um, you know, if you're if you're looking uh, for some some romance and you you want some fast food, uh, we, we've got a sponsor just for you. Isn't it romantic? Moving shadows right the oldest magic world. Symbols in the moonlight. Do you mean that I will fall in love with chance? Isn't it romance? That's right, Burger King. I'm not quite sure how that's Burger King, but it's Burger King. Is that, that a JLT again? Of course. Didn't sound like him. I, I know. He does an incredible, like, incredible um, job doing that, that style, which you don't hear much from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's a Burger King commercial. So 
I don't know about you, but absolutely the best fast food out there, guys. You got to go to Burger King right now. They're supporting the show. They've given us huge piles of cash to support Burger King, so we really want you to support them. Go get one of those, uh, what do they have? Cheeseburgers? Whoppers? Yeah, McRib, I guess. <laughs> oh, no, wait, that's that's the other the one. Well, no, the King Sorry. Rib. I don't, do they have a rib, like a fake rib thing at Burger King? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Well, did you ever go to Maine and they have like lobster on the on the menu at McDonald's? I think so. They had like some sort of lobster stuff. I've, I've, I remember. I've seen that. I mean, I've never been. I don't eat fast food, so I haven't eaten McDonald's since 2004, maybe. <laughs> I haven't since the days that like we <laughs> we used to eat it back in like yeah high school and college. We would like. I tell I tell a lot of people the story of like, you know, we would be like up in your up in your, you know, uh, room rehearsal space or whatever. And then we would all go out and we would get like, you know, the like double whoppers and like supersized fries and like, you know, pour ranch sauce over it and everything. And then we go back to your house and we'd be like, oh, why are we so uh. tired? <laughs> it's because we ate like five, five days worth of like, you know, the, like you're on. Uh, you know, a new, uh, what is it? Um, worth of like, uh, you know, grams yeah. and like fat and like, Ugh. you know, calories and cholesterol and everything. We were just like slugs. We like paralyzed ourselves. Oh, yeah. Awful. That's not good. And then then you'd have all sorts of like ding dongs and like whatever oh, treats yeah. and everything that your parents would leave on the the stairs. And you'd be like, hey, who wants some of these? And I'd be like, oh, me. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. eat it. I just had like a whole like like 8,000 calories of, of McDonald's. So let's let's polish that off with some Swiss cake rolls. <laughs> oh, terrible. Oh, God, it makes me God, feel sick now. It. Like I haven't like I have like 16 years. I haven't had fast food, uh, at least not Burger King, McDonald's or anything. But even just thinking about it makes me feel ill. Oh, and we were all skinny as shit, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can tell you one thing. When I was uh, eating like that, I didn't have to hold my breath when I put my socks on. <sighs> <sighs> the, the cruel oh. irony. <laughs> um, yeah, so this oh. week we decided, so kind of came about uh, through Twitter. Jorg had sent me some video. Uh, which we'll kick off with here. And it was like, hey, for when you do your episode about weird cover versions of Smoke on the Water, you can use this. And I was like, oh, we weren't planning on doing that episode, but that's a really good idea. And then I put it out there to people. Um, hey, does anybody have any weird versions of Smoke on the Water? And I mean, I think it should have occurred to me that there's a million covers of Smoke on the Water because of just based on the popularity, but I never really thought about it. And then everyone started sending me this stuff and I'm like, holy crap, this is going to have to be like a a four part episode. So this might be one of those ones we pepper in through over the, you know, over the course of the year or something where we just say, "Uh, what are we going to do next week? Um, Let's uh, I don't know. Let's do another uh, Smoke on the Water uh, covers version. But there's so many out there. Not all of them are super weird or weird at all, but a lot of them are quite weird. Mm-hmm. So we're going to kick it off here And I don't know Really how to This is all in Russian so I don't really know How to describe it But this is the one that kicked it off When Jorg sent me this And it's this is fairly recent Like within the last few weeks this was posted On YouTube um, And let me find it I don't know how this works in, uh, Everything's in alphabetical order So I don't know how this works in alphabetical order Since it doesn't have English characters Ah here we go So this is um, this woman 
playing a dulcimer. Lady Struna. You can follow her on Instagram. Mm. But she's like on like some cliffside, beautiful uh, valley, it looks like, presumably in Russia. Got good technique. She's hitting those strings and then muting them really quickly. Wearing like a cocktail dress and then doing a weird dance in some (laughs) ruins, it looks like. She's playing over a backing track, obviously. I, I mean, she looks like she's dressed up to be in a nightclub, and she's like, looks like she went hiking. Yeah, I don't. She, I'm. I mean, we don't know what. Like she's in a co- She's like in a cocktail dress, but she's on top of a mountain. Yeah. Like I say, you couldn't like the vista behind her is beautiful. I don't know much about the dulcimer, but she seems like she knows what she's doing. (laughs) It's funny, though, because they keep cutting to this shot of her, like literally in some ruins. Like she's doing the she thing sees where us. she points at her eyes with the two fingers and points at you like, ah, I see what you're doing. It's very odd. But then it always when I see something, something like this, I wonder, did they record this? Like this is not ideal recording conditions like on the top of a mountain. It must, although it doesn't look windy at all. Oh, I'm wondering if it's like a green screen. No, I mean, look at her shadow on the ground. I mean, I think that's legit. And the lighting and everything. <laughs> She's too... Her t- well, I mean, yeah, I mean, she probably did it to film, like, the video, but... Either way, like, I don't know much about this instrument either, but, I mean, she's, um... She's pretty, pretty good at it. This is a pretty pleasant version of this. Yeah. And it's I'm cool. I'm not hating it. And she's putting a good like, little spin on it. On the, She's doing kind of the melody line after the after the riff, and she's putting her own little, little flourishes on it. And maybe somebody that knows something about the dulcimer could enlighten us but it looks like she it looks like she's playing it with spoons but it must be like special dulcimer paddles or something or maybe it is spoons it looks just like spoons but she's moving so quickly you can't really tell actually they look like hammers like the kind of hammers that you'd play that that would that hit strings on a piano <laughs> She's like hoisting up her dulcimer <laughs> like it's a guitar. Um, she looks like she doesn't really know what to do in those segments of the video. Yeah, I think she should have stuck with the dulcimer playing. Yeah, she those look a little awkward and forced, but her dulcimer playing is excellent. But you know, this is going to be one of those videos that has like gets like eight million views overnight.
go. So I don't really, there's a huge, there's like 10 paragraphs worth of text on the uh, YouTube video for this, um, which I can't read any of it because it's all written in Cyrillic, but um, lady, lady underscore Struna, S-T-R-U-N-A. And you can follow her on Instagram if you want to check that out. It's pretty cool. I thought that was a pretty, pretty good version of that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. All right. Next up, we have this one was that. So that was sent to us by Jorg. Jorg also sent us this, which is maybe taking some liberties with our theme here, but. Red Foley, Hillbilly Fever. Sad day coming for the foes of all mankind. They must answer to the people, and it's trouble in their mind. Everybody who must fear them will rejoice on that great day when the powers of dictators shall be taken all away. There'll be smoke on the water, on the land and the sea when our army and navy so this is written in, so this is from 1944 so it's obviously being it's they're, you know they're talking about overthrowing dictatorships and stuff which is kind of cool and um that's a really kind of weird i wouldn't expect that kind of theme to be in this kind of sounding music yeah. is the name of the song smoke on the water yeah the name of the song is smoke on the water <laughs> it was written by zeke clements and recorded by red foley who you hear here when our modern ships and bombers make a graveyard of Japan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so not PC. They're so, um, I love it. So nonchalant about it. There'll be smoke on the mountains where the heathen gods stay, and the sun that is rising will go down on that day. It's a different time, folks. Along with wow. will be riding on a rail. Mussolini will beg for mercy as a leader, he has failed. <laughs> like the bold statement that Mussolini has failed as a leader. <laughs> they must answer with their lives. There'll be smoke on the water, on the land and the sea. I mean, there's not many verses of songs that mention Mussolini, Hirohito, and Hitler all, all in one breath. <laughs> so you, you have, you know, I have an Italian family growing up, and so did you. Did you get to hear from any of your older relatives about their feelings about Mussolini? Um, I know that my when they went to Rome, my dad wanted to go up to the the balcony where he. Oh yeah. Where he did this, and they they wouldn't let him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it wasn't like something open to the. He thought like, "Hey, I'll pull some strings. I'll be the first person they let up there." Yeah, no, that's you could see the balcony, but it's not open to the public. They're probably like, "Yeah, we don't really want to make that into like a a fun touristy spot where people like take <laughs> pictures of them." Say, "Hey, look at me! I'm like the worst <laughs> thing that ever happened to Italy." <laughs> There you go, Red Foley, Smoke on the Water. So clearly not uh, Deep Purple related, but pretty fun. Since it was, you know, like made like 30 years before. 1944. That's an interesting one. I, I really like stuff from that period, even though it's, you know, it's just 
a kind of a funny um, I don't know if funny is the right word but hearing them talk about like a, oh we have all these sophisticated battleships and things like working that into lyrics is just kind of funny to me um, <laughs> that was actually really amusing so that was from like 1944 that. we're gonna skip ahead to 1964 and I know you're probably thinking 1964 what the what can we possibly be talking about in 1964 we're still not up to 1972 when Smoke on the Water was released. Well, we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to show you this. This is a song by Carlos Lira named Maria Moita. Huh. Wow. So yeah, I mean, Richie. That's a very familiar sounding riff. <laughs> it sounds a little familiar. Richie has been known to lift a riff or two in his day. But unapologetically, by the way. He's very unapologetic about it, and you've heard him talk about it with many other songs, but I never heard him mention it with this one, so I don't know if it was unintentional, coincidental, a mistake, or, or like, but because I would think he'd be willing to talk about it if, if he did it intentionally. This, this jazzy song really kind of cl- clips along. I like it. <laughs> I just hear the riff in the background and it's making me laugh. <laughs> na, 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 na. <laughs> Carlos Lira. Who's a Brazilian singer? Yeah, I believe that. Sounds about right. Really short tune, two minutes and 13 seconds. So, ba- I, I guess this is classified as being Bossa Nova, which makes sense. Yeah, it's got that. Oh, that bossa nova, bossa nova <laughs> the beat. thing i know most about bossa nova is like when you would get like a one of those cheap casio keyboards it was at the <laughs> bossa nova beat and i'm like oh yeah it kind of sounds like that <laughs> even though it's probably like the worst possible representation of bossa nova that you could make or like the what was the other one waltz it was like the casio keyboard casio keyboard yeah we all had one or something similar anyway I remember. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting, and I'd like to kind of hear. I should have done a little more research and see if Richie owned up to that, if it, if it was intentional. Because, like we said, he would he would admit it. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the name of the the thing again? The artist Carlos Lira L Y R A. Carlos Lira Lira, Brazilian singer. Hmm. Um, not a ton of information on him on, on Wikipedia. 
and nothing coming up about smoke on the water, at least on, on that, but it's obvious, I mean, obvious uh, similarities um, in that it's almost exactly identical. Next up, we have a deep purple jazz tribute to Smoke on the Water by Alain, and I might butcher this name, Alain Rabiat, or, or Rabiat, it might be a, a French name. So deep purple jazz tribute, where is it? Here we go. And it sounds like uh, Vince Guaraldi, expect the peanuts to come out. Snoopy dancing on the roof of his doghouse. <laughs> oh, they're taking some liberties with the verse. Yes, that's <laughs> awesome. I love it. This is this is great. You know, jazz is one of those things. Usually, you either love it or hate it, but I've always really loved it. So I mean, I've been kind of indifferent to it. Like, I don't put jazz on, but it's like if I walked into a like a uh, like a nightclub or a wine bar or something like that, and this was playing, I'd be like, "Yeah, let's do it." We do um, when we have parties. We do bathroom jazz, which is something I created. So what I do is I put like a Bluetooth speaker in our bathroom, so that when you yeah. go in the bathroom, there's like this jazz music playing. Like I have like a playlist that's like Charles Mingus playing the piano, Thelonious Monk, and um, I forget what the other artist is. So yeah, so it's just like when you go into the ba- bathroom, you're like, ah, I'm in my own little world here. I got candle going. I got the bathroom jazz. It's great. You know, that's a, that's actually a pretty cool idea. Um, I think it was that sounds very similar to uh, I was a uh, uh, stayed in the Airbnb in Rome a couple of years ago. Yep. And it was a really kind of like funky type of place, and the bathroom was hooked up like that, where if you flip the light. The lights were colored, but if you flipped another switch, then it would pipe in jazz music. <laughs> and it was like, you know, the, the shower had like, you know, one of those clear floors with like, you know, designs underneath it. And it was just oh, like wow. it was a really unusual. It was a really unusual and cool place. But that was probably the coolest thing about it was that the bathroom was like like a, like you could turn into a jazz club. Like a, when you're a, taking a, a switch shower on or, the wall to just turn on some jazz. Yeah. <laughs> and awesome. it, yeah. And it had like, well, it had the speakers built into the, the ceiling and everything. And it was like it was it was in a really kind of like funky neighborhood, too. So it was like uh, it was really a cool experience to stay there. So but I'm get, surprised that you pretty much had the same idea. Yeah. Well, it's independently, it must be my Italian heritage. Yeah. There you go. So you can as a picture. That's Glenn Hughes, right? Yeah, that looks like wow. Glenn Hughes with really short hair. I have never hair. seen gl- that, that era of Glenn Hughes, but maybe this must be Alain Rebiat with uh, Glenn Hughes. Um, so yeah, you can find out more information about this. It's like it's deep-purple-jazz.fr. There's a, uh, they have a CD of all jazz stuff. Oh, kind of cool. I'll, uh, I'll probably fade this one down a little bit because... A little bit more, one of the more lengthy ones. Yeah, it was like, what was it, like six or seven minutes? Yeah. It was pretty good, though. But I mean, that's, um, see, that type of thing I, I like um, kind of generally, but it's like I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it on. 
Um, like I would put it on as, as like background music, but I wouldn't put it on like some of the songs that we have were like, oh, this is awesome. And this part and everything, because I can't really I'm not one of those people that can follow jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, so but I really think it's cool in setting a mood. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I don't know that I necessarily follow it because I certainly don't when I listen to rock or blues or whatever. And even if I don't know how to play what they're playing, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm sure I could figure that out. (laughs) But with jazz, I'm like, nope, there's absolutely no chance I know what's (laughs) how to play any of that. So I but yeah, for setting a mood for parties, if you're having people over, you want something in the background that's not going to be too uh, lyric lyrical to distract anybody works great. That was a pretty cool cover. Okay. Next up, another uh, interesting one. This is also sent to us by Jorg, the founder of the feast here. This one is a whole album uh, by the Moscow Symphony Orchestra of a of symphonic Deep Purple. This, I believe, is the lead track. And they've also definitely taken some liberties with the arrangement here, but it's very cool. Well, I think that's the cool thing about covers like this is like it wouldn't be interesting if they didn't change it up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it, it's cool to hear people do faithful arrangements. Like if you heard that, like, I don't know, Anthrax was going to do a version of Smoke on the Water or something. They, I don't know. They probably do it like faithfully to the original or, or something like that, but heavy it up. Yeah. But it's like that kind of thing is cool once or twice. But then it's like after a while, you're like, you want to hear somebody put their own spin on it. Yeah, totally. This this is something I, when I went to London in 1993 with our friend Paul, mm-hmm. we went around and I found this three CD set of the London. Was it the Philharmonic or the London Symphony Orchestra? I can't remember who of tributes to cla- like one of them one CD was all Beatles songs mm-hmm. one CD was all Queen and one CD was all ABBA and I bought it thinking like I don't really know ABBA that well but I really love Beatles and Queen so let me buy it and I bought it and I didn't really care for the Beatles and Queen one but I loved the ABBA one <laughs> I ended up listening to it all the time and it kind of wow. got me into ABBA a little bit and that's the other thing is, is that that's, that can do that as well. You know, like different versions can get you into the original band. Yeah, to me, it was just like original because I, I really didn't know anything about ABBA at the time. It was just to me, it was just like original symphonic mu- music, but you're hearing it. It was it sounded more like soundtrack music or something a little bit more that you could sing along to. And I got really interested. You know, there was another album. Um... I don't know. Was it? Well, I don't know if it was that extreme, but do you remember the the late 90s? Uh, Pat Boone came out with an album in a metal mood. Yep. And he did all, you know, um, like actually he did Smoke on the Water, too. Uh huh. 
Um, but he did like um, ACDC, Judas Priest, like um, Van Halen. And it was like, and that was really cool to hear. I mean, I really thought it was cool at the time because you were basically hearing like kind of big band version of like uh, and a crooner doing like all these like cool like metal and rock songs. I think I was and with so you I- when you bought it. <laughs> you probably were. And I can't remember if it was at like Barnes and Noble or something, but I but I, I seem to remember being with you when you bought it, which which leads me to. This was submitted by David Rushworth. I did not know you were going to play this next in York. I wasn't, but <laughs> I bumped it up the queue since we're talking about it. When this came out, it was all like kind of a, you know, Joe, ha ha. Isn't it funny? I thought it was awesome. But yeah, it was really cool. I mean, I thought it was funny that like a guy like Pat Boone was wearing like a leather vest and a fake earring and stuff. But like the music really had some integrity. Like he wasn't trying to sing it like Weird Al or something like that. Like he was right, actually right. like doing a good job with it. The mobile. <laughs> Frank Zappa and the mothers were at the best place around. But some stupid with a flare gun burned the place to the ground. Smoke on the water. Those background singers are great. Oh, I missed this album. I got to give this another listen. You should. Yeah, this came out in 1997. For some reason, yeah. I remember it. I thought it came out earlier than that. Yeah, I feel like it did. But I mean, I don't know the 90s are a blur. Yeah, he does. Um, You've got another thing coming by Judas Priest. This is the second track, Smoke on the Water. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. He did. Um. Enter Sandman, Holy Diver. Yep. Paradise City, Crazy Train. I remember the Crazy Train was yeah, probably the crazy, my favorite. Isn't, wasn't that the theme to the Osbournes? Was his version I of Crazy Train? I think so, yeah. Which was obviously many years later, but... Because it um it kind of, you know, helped paint, um set the mood for Ozzy and painted him as that kind of, like, you know, goofy family man type... One thing Character. that I did not realize at the time that was brought to uh, my attention was that Richie Blackmore plays guitar on this. He does? Yes. I didn't know that. Well, let's listen. Yep, I can immediately tell it's him. crazy. It sounds like more jazzy than I'd expect from him. That to me is really surprising because that does not sound like something Richie would be interested in at all. No, but you could tell there were a couple of things in there where you could tell it was his his tone, his sound. Yeah, but man, he gets really jazzy at the end there. It's not what I was expecting. You know that Richie was probably like chomping at the bit like, oh, I I can't wait to do a solo that's anything but the original because I don't play the same thing twice. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm Richie. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know what? I think that's the first time I ever knew that that was Richie. I didn't know that that was him. Neither did I. I read it, and I hadn't actually even listened to it before this. I think I'm bumping this up the queue to my uh, my car playlist tomorrow. Oh, nice. Forgot how much I enjoyed this album. Uh, that <laughs> you can, that's, yeah, that was really that was really like Mark One style Richie at the end there with his uh you know choice of a uh, melody. His tone sounded interesting though. His tone sounded like more like he was using like a hollow body guitar or something. Maybe that helped with the whole Mark One thing. Maybe it could have. Maybe he dusted off one of his old Gibsons and <laughs> took it out for a spin. Just to give it kind of that more like big band, like Brian Setzer kind of feel to it. I used to think his name was Brian Seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> like until when? Until like, until you were the like 40 day. or? <laughs> <laughs> until the other day. Until, oh, it's not Brian Seltzer? You know? <laughs> Brian Seltzer. It makes it's sense. Just like my, it's just like, I have an aunt who's just like, oh, I, I love Daltrey. It's like, it's Daltrey. She loves Daughtry. It's like, I don't know. Well, old women love Daltrey. I mean, Daughtry. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you like Roger Daltrey? It's like, no, Daughtry, the guy from, from uh, what's um, American Idol. You know, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways. All right. So then we had a uh, another one that, I don't know if I'd heard this before, although I've heard something similar. And this was submitted by Pantsy67 on Twitter. And this is a bluegrass version of Smoke on the Water. Oh, this should be something. <laughs> wow. The Bluegrass Tribute to Classic Rock Edition 1. Now, I remember Paul used to have a bluegrass tribute to Black Sabbath mm. album. I think I feel like I remember that. Yeah, and that was awesome. That's scary how well that works as a bluegrass song. Works extremely well. Wow. So it looks like this was this had a ton of songs on it. This is the second to last song on the album. And it's by Pickin' On Series and Cornbread Red. It's <laughs> a pretty cool. And almost all the songs on the album by that combination. Some of them substitute in Iron Horse for Cornbread Red. They do Come Sail Away, Born to be Wild, Carry On My Wayward Son, hmm. Rocket Man, California Dreamin'. Trying to see when this album came out. It says 2007. Over, 
Oh, okay. So the Pickin' On series is a series of rock and country tribute albums performed in a bluegrass style. Oh my god, they have tons of them. Yeah. Picking on. <laughs> wow. I mean, these, these guys can play. They're no slouches. I, mean, I can't even tell you how much material these guys have just looking through it. Really? Huh, it doesn't even listen to the Deep Purple song. They have multiple volumes on U2, multiple, multiple albums on um, Metallica. Picking really? on Clapton, wow. picking on the Eagles, picking on Dwight Yoakam. So it might be, maybe it's just a, um, like a conglomerate of different artists that get together. They just get these great session musicians together and do this for all I can tell. I can't see any cool. one, one band being able to knock out this much material. Great singing and everything, too. Almost kind of bummed when they come back to the riff because I'm like, no, keep doing what you're doing. That stuff is great. Wow. Yeah, it was wow, awesome. I'm actually... I think that that's probably like my top pick right there. I'm really surprised at how much I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was great. I think that there were some songs like at the the root of the songs, like um, they just there were some styles that if you tried to do it in it, it just that song and that style, it just it just fits in really well with it. Yep. Um, like, I mean, if you do the whole orchestra thing, it's just like, I mean, yeah, that's pretty played out. Like everybody... It's pretty cool, but it's like, all right, everybody's done that. Um, but yeah, this is like something I would have never thought of this song, like in this um, kind of style. So my favorite so far. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Then some other kind of weird things that got submitted here. Um, let's see if we can find this one. Uh, is this the right one? I have a lot of smoke on the water songs here. So this apparently, do you know the show? Uh, this was submitted by Mike Healy. Um, mm -hmm. Do you if, are you familiar with the show Two and a Half Men? Yeah, I never really watched it all that much, but apparently the little kid. I guess it's a running thing in the show where the little kid his favorite song is Smoke on the Water, and he's like oh. plays it a lot. So here's a clip from the show. 
Charlie Sheen's on the piano, the little kid's on the guitar, and the other guy's on the tambourine. <laughs> Gives him a dirty look for, for improvising. Running to go to Jake Harper, unplugged. I was running to the bathroom, so maybe if you watch that show, <laughs> that makes a little more sense to you. I don't really get it. But then uh, there's another one where, uh, where is it? Oh, here it is. Here's another one. He's with his friend from school here. He's playing the cello. <laughs> like that? Yeah, but what was all that crap in the beginning? <laughs> of my own composition. Yeah, well, no offense, but smoke on the water doesn't begin with crap on the water. <laughs> my apologies. Okay, let's take it from the top. One, two, three, four. was a good idea. Yeah. Let's see how Grandma likes her prodigy after he sponges up our sponge. Oh. I don't know enough about the show to... to, to get the subtleties of what's going on. But, uh, kind of funny. It's still, uh, it's still funny, though, to see, like, um, to kind of include it, um, how it's been in, like... Um, the song's been in popular culture too, not just like album versions of it. There go one he- one more here from Two and a Half Men. He's playing it on the piano this time. <laughs> so then for some reason he starts playing with his tongue. What are you doing? Playing smoke on the water. With your tongue? Pretty cool, huh? There you go. And then um, finally, while we talk about popular culture, I've got another clip here from another show um, where, where everybody loves Raymond, <laughs> where I think it's like his cousin comes over and stays with them for a while. And his cousin's just this annoying guy who's a stand up comedian. Um, and here he is in the house playing Smoke of the Water on his accordion. Not quite sure the <laughs> what's going on there, but yeah, quite quite a few little references from American TV of all things. I don't know how it's how it's permeated British TV. Interesting stuff. Then I'm gonna take it back to a classic when we played on the show before, but not in its entirety. And I don't know that we'll do it this time in its entirety. If I can find it here. Yeah, it's too many versions of Smoke on the Water. Oh, I don't know if I... Hmm, I can't find it this time. All right, so we're going to skip over that one. (laughs) I think we have enough. Um, This one was submitted by Lord Blackmore Von Decker. (laughs) That's a great name. Yeah, it is great. 
And uh, this is Senor Coconut. Smoke on the water. Senor Coconut in his orchestra, Fiesta songs. I like how he started it off playing the riff on like the bongos. Yeah, like the tune, the different tuned drums. Chill. I like it. So, Senor Coconut was a man named Yui H. Schmidt, who was actually German. Not what you'd expect. But he he went by a few different names, one of them being Senor Coconut. lot of getting a lot of different variations on this i don't even know what you'd call this almost sounds like lounge music maybe yeah yeah i can't can't really place what they said yui schmidt uh, who's also named known as atom and atom heart German composer, musician, and producer of electronic music. He's often regarded as the father of electro-Latino, electro-gospel, and acetone music in the 90s. Hmm. And he's moved to Chile in the 90s, and he's been living there, I guess, ever since. He has what looks to be about, I don't know, 40 albums out. (laughs) One of them. I feel like guys like this always have 40 albums. Yeah, it's crazy. So this. This album came out in 2003 and he's got. It looks like it might be kind of a similar Pat Boone situation while they're not all. At least not all obvious. Uh, covers there's um, Riders on the Storm he does 
beat it. Uh, smooth operator. That's cool. And this is a cha cha cha. A cha cha version? Maybe this is cha cha? I don't know. He also does a song by Sade. And it looks like he does a bonus track of this of the same song in Spanish. it especially with this riff when they when they're ending it and they just keep they keep like climbing up octaves to like build that like kind of tension or excitement yeah it's great i like how they do that it's like and i feel like it's it's always done but it's like it's still a really cool kind of uh you know musical effect or something used to a certain effect got another uh Another version of Smoke on the Water here. I don't know much about this one. Maybe you could uh, fill me in. <laughs> so we, we've teased this in the episode before. This is your, your uh, Bahamas vacation unexpected version of Smoke on the Water. Yeah, this is something you definitely have to see the video for, for the choreography. Yeah, it's basically just the original machine head version of Smoke on the Water with a guy in the middle pretending to play the guitar. What are they holding? What are those people holding? I like I don't know. It look I think it was sheets of paper. That's what it looks like, but Choreography's not half bad. It's just very weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I never said it was bad. I just said it was really bizarre. That friggin' guy getting in my way every chance he gets. <laughs> You're like, come on, get out of my way. I'm trying to get an awesome shot of this performance. <laughs> an awesome shot of this weird production here. Like, don't you know who I am? I'm from the Deep Purple podcast. <laughs> get out of my way. You have your press credentials with you? <laughs> <laughs> the little logo, you know, just... Show it to him. That's great. So we we did the bluegrass version of um, oh, where is it? We did the bluegrass version. Now here is a different one. This was sent by Jorg, and this is a German folk music version. <laughs> Which is not what I was expecting. It Nabel sounds like Alf- it's like from a it sounds like it's from a Nintendo video game. It or does, something. yeah. All right, not anymore. 
Now I'm trying to remember what Jorg said about this. Did I write it down? I'm gonna have to look it up. So it's Nabel auf dem Wasser. I'm gonna see if I can scroll up and find Jorg's message about this because he said, I think he said something about the lyrics. This is a really interesting version of this. Uh, he didn't say, I'm trying to find it. I don't think he did say something. I thought he was telling me about the lyrics or about. But I was pretty sure he said that the lyrics don't really have anything to do with I can't find it. I thought he gave me kind of one of his rough translations. Kind of very silly and whimsical sounding. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. Like I feel like you could probably hear this like at Oktoberfest somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like oompa sort of music. Uh, give me, give me one of those big pretzels and a, a beer stein. <laughs> give me some Oktoberfest and a big pretzel. I guess the name of this band I'm probably gonna bu butcher it is Nor Norkater, a German band from Berlin that combines heavy metal with comical elements. They claim themselves to be Germany's most Germany's most band in the world. <laughs> Mo most band? They're the Germany's most band in the world. Like big, like biggest band? I guess. Deutschland meins band der Welt. Oh, they broke up in my on MySpace in two thousand eight. You know, the band was breaking up. <laughs> MySpace. <laughs> yeah, that gives you a, a, an idea for of when they broke up. Uh. They announced they were breaking up on MySpace in 2008. Oh no! Oh, oh wait, wait, wait! They got back together in 2011. I wonder where they what they announced that on. It probably wasn't MySpace. <laughs> Facebook. Could be. Hmm, interesting. Uh, next up, we have uh, Elias on Twitter sends. This this is Marcelo Tito Medina singing Humo Sobre el Agua.
kind of kind of has you going one way at the beginning there. That's pretty pretty cool. I like this. Sounds like or a very early nineties. Sounds like this would have been on the soundtrack to like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something. Like, yeah, them just like groove is in the hall. Yeah, yeah, actually, it does sound like that. Right. Get the little. I feel like it sounds like a little clavinet going on in the background. Like, yeah. Wonder was Glenn Hughes playing the clavinet on this? I feel like the like um, sounds like Ricky Martin singing it. like that cup of life voice if you're familiar with that song i don't know i don't think i am if you heard it you know this guy this guy though looks like he'd be like he was like the the, the catcher for the montreal expos in 1984 <laughs> he has like really or strong like, early 80s major league athlete vibes coming off of him yeah. that mustache i like the, the mexican tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> like Tomas Selleck. Well, he's from Argentina, so he's the Argentinian Tom Selleck. The, Ar- the Argentinian Tom Selleck. I'm sorry. But yeah, he, he does look like if you saw another picture of him, he would be wearing a baseball jersey. <laughs> I kind of dig in the clavinet. It's kind of making this whole song. Hawaii Senko Zero. <laughs> Who's that? I was just saying he was in the he was in the popular Argentinian show Hawaii Senko Zero. Might have to make a Spotify playlist with all these songs for our listeners. You think you wouldn't get like smoke on the water fatigue? Yeah, I would think so. Although so so many of them are so different, but yeah, I mean I'm I've perpetually been tired of that riff for the past twenty years, so <laughs> I'm kind of dulled to it by now. They're really not getting fatigue of listening to it now, but that's probably because I knew that this whole show was going to be smoke on the Yeah, you were mentally prepared for it. It's a lot. It's a lot to listen to this many versions. All right. Kind of in the home stretch now. Now, Elias also. So he's uh, so he Elias says about that. This is the weirdest thing. This is the weirdest thing you're going to listen to. In 1992, an Argentinian TV presenter called Tito Medina decided to record his own version of this classic. What do you think about it? And then Elias also sent us Deep Purple's Smoke on the Water. Um, this is a tribute by Sueños Purpura, which is a tribute album. So this is something, this is some of the... Uh, musical metal greats of Argentina doing the song 
in a much more straightforward way. So there's not nothing nothing really weird about this version. <laughs> yeah, these guys definitely sound like they're being true to it. Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. They've got a, quite a number of singers on it too. They're kind of trading off verses here. good singers I don't know much more about them unfortunately some good stuff Kind of sounded that guy sounded a little like JLT. Yeah, he looked like Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> yeah. He actually looks like uh, what's his name, Glenn Tipton from Judas Priest. Oh. Maybe it is undercover. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Moved to Argentina. 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 Argent <laughs> ah, my favorite country, Argentina. <laughs> anyway. Argentina. Some good stuff. Yeah. Oh, he's kind of ripping into a guitar solo, and I'm going to bring you back here. I don't know how many guys are in this. <laughs> I haven't seen this guy before. He's just coming in. The guy's got the uh, Steve Vai signature uh, Ibanez there. But this has got to be from like the. Uh, this has got to be at least 10 or 15 years old, judging by those computer monitors. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that gives you a little idea about that song. There's uh, at least four different people singing and four different people doing guitar solo. So kind of a cool little collaboration. And the whole song is almost 
10 minutes. So if you're interested, check the link in the show notes. You can listen to the full version. From the we're in the uh, in the home stretch here. Uh, I got an interesting one here that you may have heard before, but this is so as we all know, Ian Gillen was briefly the lead singer in Black Sabbath. And when he was in Black Sabbath, they would do Smoke on the Water as an encore. So to me, this is them playing in Worcester, Massachusetts, right down the road from where we grew up. Not the greatest sound quality, but very interesting to hear Sabbath playing this song. I don't know who that was whistling. If that was, that's he. That's gotta be. Gotta be Ian. Surprised you'd be so whimsical, being in Black Sabbath. (laughs) Ian Gillen is Ian Gillen, no matter where you put him. Hmm. True. Now I know this. The quality of this isn't very good, but listen how good his vocals sound. This is after performing a whole show with Black Sabbath. And Ian Gillen sounds like he's at the top of his vocal game right here. He just sounds like he's in complete control. This is very impressive to me. Because if it sounds this good on a crappy bootleg mp3'd thrown on YouTube video imagine what it sounded like being there and I mean he wasn't like a young young guy he was like his late 30s in this that sounds pretty young to me well still relatively (laughs) speaking it's like late 30s early 40s you know it's not like he's like a 20 year old guy like belting it out but I mean he was he was still good for years after this still still is Sure. Not to this level, but you know what I mean. Look at that, man. <laughs> Come on, you mothers. Oh, I thought he said, ah, your mama. Listen to Iomi here. really interesting to hear uh, Iomi's take on the solo. Awesome. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I think they did a good job with this. Yeah, it's excellent. 
I just I think Iomi's solo is just incredible on this. They have a keyboard on that. Yeah, they had a keyboard player, right? I feel like they did. Like at this time, I think Sabbath did have a keyboard was it like player. Jeff, like, Jeff I Nichols I heard or a keyboard back there. Yeah, I think it might have been him. Because I, I thought that I heard a keyboard doubling the guitar part coming out of the like, solo. It was probably in that era where they had to banish them to backstage. Mm. Which is absolutely disgraceful. Oh, we can't let anybody know we're thickening <laughs> our sound. Okay. It's more like we can't what? let anyone know we're, we're pansies that have a keyboard player. This is all <laughs> being achieved through guitars. The only, man, the only manly instrument, the guitar. Yeah, according, according to this, at least on the album, Jeff Nichols was uh, playing keyboards. And on the album, obviously, Bill Bill Ward played drums on the album, but Bev Bevins did the tour. Right. Or Bev Bevin. Thinking of, like, Bell Biv DeVoe here. Nice. That would have been a tour to see. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Bell Biv DeVoe, when I was working in Connecticut, one of my coworkers, he lived next door to Biv. <laughs> he was his next door neighbor. I thought that was the coolest thing. <laughs> you just Biv. imagine like going, going over to Biv's house. Hey, can I borrow? Uh, could I? Could I borrow your um, your clippers? My hedges are getting a little. Uh, thought it was so cool. <laughs> Biv. next door to Biv. He did. That's so great. I love it. <laughs> Pretty sure it was Biv. Yeah, it was Biv for sure. She wasn't Belle? <laughs> I mean, or I wouldn't DeVoe. put my life on it, but I'm pretty sure it was Biv. <laughs> At any rate, it was definitely somebody from Belle Biv DeVoe. Yeah. Um, okay, we got oh, we got a couple more here. Uh, this one is by Kid Abela. This was sent in by Yorg as well. Kid Abela, and this is uh, Smoke on the Water. It's like a little jazzy version of it. Another jazzy version of it, I should say. <clears throat> this is from 1995 Jazzmania. This is a rock band from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Obviously, Brazil. <laughs> Rio de Janeiro. Texas. <laughs> Ohio. <laughs> I like this version. I really like the kind of the kind of jazzier versions like this that we've been hearing today. Yeah. It, it, and you wouldn't think this song with the big kind of like meathead riff that it, it has um, would lend itself yeah, so it, well to these this style. But it's not really the riff. It's really the verses that are yeah, standing out in this. Yeah, it's very melodic. Mm. 
My wife hates this song so much. I wonder how she'd feel about some of these versions. Well, she certainly isn't going to be listening to this episode anytime soon. <laughs> well, she's surprised me. She's been listening. To, every so often, she like listens to an episode, like or part of it, and she'll just ask me some random question. I'm like, "What? Are you listening to the show? Don't do that." <laughs> she said, "Funky Claude," but it's not like she said, "Fucking Claude." Fucking Claude was running out. Like, geez, lady, calm down. What's wrong with him? Um. Yeah, she had some weird offhanded comment about the show the other day when I was like, wow, you were listening to the show? I think it was our slipstreaming episode. She, oh, yeah, she. I think we listened to the first show, the first song, and we said, oh, wow, that song was six minutes long. It didn't feel like it. She's like, oh, yeah, it did. nylon string guitar sound there. Do you still have that nylon string guitar? No, I got rid of that a while ago. Oh, really? I used to yeah, love you guys loved that thing. I used to love playing it. Usually, I used to be like, can I borrow that? And you just let me borrow it for like a month Weeks. or whatever. <laughs> I was fun playing that for some reason. Yeah. Like she's all sitting on like a stool with her legs crossed, all like lounge singer style. Pretty good stuff. For sure. I like that version a lot. Yeah. And then keeping with the jazz version. Now, this is someone, this is one that was not submitted by anyone. Um, at least I don't think it was, but this is something I stumbled upon a while back and I always thought was kind of fun. So we're going to kick it off with the band Deep Purple doing a different version of this. And this was live on a, uh, I believe it was a French show or Deep Purple. I don't know if they were bored with doing the same version of it over and over and ag Probably. again but Probably. they decided to take like a little uh, they also took a little jazz stab at it so here they are here's uh, deep purple deep purple en direct sur notre plateau c'est à vous <laughs> Don Airy looks like he's having so much fun. <laughs> it looked like Ian Gill just looked down his hands for the lyrics. <laughs> Come on, Ian. Oh. Oh. Stupid with a flare gun, burn the place to the ground. Smoke on the water, fire in the sky. Smoke on the water, 
This was um, November 14th, 2012 on France 2. Ian Gillen's playing the harmonica, but you can't hear it. No. Are they going to give uh, Don Airy a solo? Let's see. <laughs> it's like they muted his harmonica or something. Well, he's not holding it up to a microphone, so I don't know how anyone would hear it. I gotta say the Deep Purple jazz version is... Uh pretty damn excellent yeah they do. just gonna just goes to show that i mean they they know and they are great players i like how he doesn't say fire in the sky he just goes a fire <laughs> he's mixing it up I like something like this that shows the versatility. Don Harry is having a blast. Don Harry is loving it. It makes you wonder, like, did. They know that they were going to do that because like the woman's like, ha ha, <laughs> she's like laughing. <laughs> like, were they expecting the real version? It's that's pretty great. I love it. And then the end, Ian Gillen just is like he he folds his arms like, yeah, that's right, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> that's all like me now. <laughs> that's what you're getting today. Deal that's with it. Because I'm Ian Gillen. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And so for some reason, I'm Italian now. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's um, I'm gonna cut it there because, like I said, I've got probably another sixty versions that we could bring out at some later date. But that was kind of fun. It was going through all those different versions, hearing them. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed listening to that. And if you wanna know or listen to any of those versions again, just check out the show notes. I'll have links to all of that stuff in the show notes. Where can you find the show notes at deeppurplepodcast.com? That's where. Um, so we do have something in the news this week. Um, I gotta see if I can, what the quick, the easiest way to dig this up would be without, let's see here. Um, this going to autoplay. Uh, here we go. Yeah. Let's pause this. Um, so this was, I'm going to just try to change this window here. Oh, whoops. That's not what I want to do. Um, so this was posted on the Facebook page. On the Deep Purple Facebook page, I should say. Um, <laughs> you ever play, notice you play a video on Facebook, you're like, oh, I want to watch this video. And then all of a sudden it just immediately goes into 
like random videos of like people like trying to make people on the street feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. And like it's immediately you watch one th- 40 second video and then it's like, here's a five minute video of some guy like going up to a woman and saying, nice rack. And then there's a guy behind her holding a rack and you're supposed to like, it's like, it's just always like these videos like this. And I've been off before the show. I'd been off of uh, Facebook for a while. And unfortunately for the show, I got back on so I could play or so I could post stuff on Facebook and stuff. And I'm just like, every time I go Mm -hmm. on Facebook, I'm like, Oh my God. And the the thing that just came up here is um, it's a, it's, it's going to go into a video of secretly putting cheeseburgers on people's heads. (laughs) 1.1 million views. What? So there you go. So we're in the wrong. Oh, an 11 year old picking up girls. 14 million views. So here we are making our videos about Deep Purple. Like seven views. (laughs) We need to change our business model. You can tell we're not in it for the money or the clicks. Well, well, you know, what we should do is, is like, uh, you know, go around and just like, you know, film real life confrontations, because that's the one that I get sucked into. It's like all of a sudden I start watching like these 10 minute long videos of just like people filming other people being like harassed by police. And they're just like, <laughs> watch as watch as like a uh, cop tries to like tell, you know, uh, man in car his rights. But he doesn't know he's really a lawyer, you know, oh, stuff yeah, like that. Exactly. <laughs> Or it's just like, watch these people, you know, harass, watch them harass, the cops harass, like, mother with two children and, like, you know, just because they're African-American, you know, and it's like, and they're, they're somebody's recording and they're just like, hey, you can't do that. And they're like, back away, you know, and it's like, <laughs> you see the one, just, do you see the one that's like these guys getting in like a fist fight at like a fast food place and there's a guy sitting at the table yeah. like three feet away just like chewing on food, like not even, he's just watching like completely calm, like fists are like coming within inches of his face yeah. and he's just like he's just watching like it's television i get i i go down that rabbit hole i'll admit it yeah well it's hard sometimes you see some of those and it's hard not to and, and you just you got somebody that's like you know there's a fight <laughs> starting and somebody just puts up their phone and <laughs> you know, i'm gonna get this um yeah why not yeah anyway we're not gonna watch those unless i leave it playing <laughs> but this is something that was posted to the deep purple I have to turn up the volume. Oh, the volume's all the way up. On the Deep Purple Facebook page. So here we go. Washed up on the beach. Just a man. Right. Yeah, that's deep. It's that's good, very right? Deep. It's very deep that's and very cool. purple. The, the song's yeah. deep, so I know it works. I'm very happy with it. So it says Roger Glover and Bob Ezrin. Very short, like 40 second video, and then it, oh, it ends with just saying Deep Purple 2020. Mm-hmm. So they're coming out with oh, an 11 year old girl, 11 <laughs> year old picking up <laughs> girls. <laughs> if I don't, if I don't pause this, it's gonna play. <laughs> I think. Do you um? have you scrolled down the comments to see all the ones that are like, this is going to be garbage because it doesn't sound like machine head. Oh God. Or, this isn't the real deep purple anymore. I'm out. 
I was out <laughs> 20 years ago. This isn't the real Deep Purple anymore. Like, are, were you expecting Machine Head? Because they haven't done anything like that in 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You mean their new album that they made in 2020 is not sound exactly like Machine Head? I am absolutely floored by this news. Um, but yeah, so it kind of gives you a little bit of a, of a hint of what, so, so you saw this earlier. Yeah. All right. So I, I've got it off the screen share, but I want to, I want to see some of these comments. Not like loading the comments. Oh, I don't want to see this. (laughs) You don't want to see this 11 year old picking up girls. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. What? Yeah, everyone just everyone's just got something to say. Oh, it's a pointless video. What else we got here? <laughs> it's a pointless video. Okay. Some here's somebody with the right attitude. No deep purple records sound alike, but there's always a purple sound. I can't wait for the full record. Good for that person. I love it. Deep purple, you're amazing. See that? Those people get it. Yeah, exactly. Trying to find some bad comments here. Yeah, bad comments are always. I like. I love when people just like see stuff like this and they just post like, "I like Soldier of Fortune." It's like, thank you for. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thanks for your. Thanks for your hot take. <laughs> it's like I do too, but like, what does that have to do with this? <laughs> so, <laughs> this person, this somebody, <laughs> this is a comment. Ian Gillen, vocal. John Lord, keyboard. Roger Glover, bassist. Richie Blackmore, guitar. Ian Pace, drummer. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for reciting the Mark II lineup to everybody. (laughs) And then he follows it up with, oh, burn, David Coverdale. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good recap. Oh, yeah, it's more like a recap than a comment. Yeah, it's like a recap of the Mark II and Mark III slash four lineup. Oh, and David, by the way, David Coverdale. <laughs> and somebody just posted uh, this. Uh, no more. Oh, yeah. No more John Lord, Richie Blackmore. Richie Blackmore. Gillen stopped singing Child in Time. R.I.P. Deep Purple. <laughs> Gillen starts right, singing th- Child in Time in 1972. A few things about that. <laughs> First of all, John Lord has passed on. Blackmore yeah. hasn't been in the band since 94. He's been in the band for 26 years. 27 and years. Ian Gillen this year. is 74 years old. How the hell is he supposed to sing Child in Time? Yeah. I'm sorry. Ever since John Lord died, I'm not supporting them anymore. How dare he? <laughs> Like he left on completely good terms. He would even like pop in for do, to do some shows with them and like double up with Don Airy. Like there was no bad. He just wanted to retire. Yeah, yeah. no bad blood at all. He wanted to work things. on his classical stuff and people like, meh. So in the spirit of, in the spirit of what we're doing here, which is um, basically what we were talking about before the show. Um, so I, um, Smoke on the water. Mm-hmm. Pulled up a uh, pulled up some uh, Amazon reviews of the song. There's reviews of just the song on Amazon. Yes, like uh, the single. 
Oh, because you can buy the a, single. Okay. Luckily, there's not a lot bad on this, but there is one that I that I just pulled up. Um, two stars. <laughs> I think this. <laughs> I love it already. <laughs> two, two stars. I think this song is worse than Perfect Strangers. <laughs> is the title? I didn't know Perfect Strangers was the benchmark for like like bad songs. Like even worse than Perfect Strangers. And then the I, first line, I think this song is worse than Perfect Strangers. I am pretty disappointed in this band. <laughs> so did they. So since Amazon was invented, this person just discovered the song and is like commenting on it. Like it's a, like it's a new product. <laughs> pretty much. Um, they don't have any one star reviews, but I'm, I'm going. Yeah, up I'm from, looking now three too. star a three star reviews. Three stars. Too old for me. <laughs> then listen to something else. What? Well, you know, but that's that review is from 2014, so maybe they've grown into it. Oh, all right. And then really there can't be anything interesting after that because the reviews get better, but there's only two of them. Oh, that's a great idea to look up the reviews of individual songs. I never even thought of that. But like what were you thinking? Is it wait, 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 wait. That two star review. I've got to go back. I'm looking at it now myself. Oh my God. The best part about it. Oh, the one that says uh, it's worse than perfect strangers. It's a verified purchase. Like, so they bought it. Like they had never heard it. (laughs) Right. They're Like, huh? You know, that perfect stranger song really sucked. I'm going to try another song by deep purple. I'm going to buy it. (laughs) And then they buy it, listen to it. Like, Oh, this was even worse than perfect strangers. Like, I can't conceive of any reality where somebody is just now purchasing, spending money to hear a song you can hear almost any day for free. Yeah. And then like being like, oh, this is awful. Okay, I have I have another one. (laughs) This is from a different because they don't have too many reviews on this. So this is a four star verified purchase. Only four stars. In all caps, it's okay. <laughs> it's, I would think four stars is better than it's okay. It's okay. Wait, I see another four star review that says it just says okay. Yeah. I I don't know what these people are thinking of. And then the vast majority of them are five star reviews because how would you know to buy the song if you didn't already like it or know it? Exactly. You wonder if, like, did they buy the whole MP3 album and then review all the songs individually? Like, can you do that? Like, I would love to be able to find the person that, like, hated hated it or thought it was worse than Perfect Strangers and see, like, well, what do they think of Pictures of Home? Well... See the if you and if you go to the album, the Machine Head album, just scrolling down some of the one star reviews for these, it's not even a commentary on the music. It's about the um, the copy or the condition right. that the CD arrived in. So it's like that actually is a legit problem. You know, yeah. when somebody's just like this song stinks, you know, it's just kind of like, well, because it's not like Perfect Strangers or. Yeah, that's but, that's you know, the deceiving part. Like, like you like you see an album and it's got like a bad review and you read it and it's like this arrived damaged. And you're like, well, that's not really fair to the album. They didn't. Well, exactly. Like it's not a good pressing or it came like with a missing disc or, you know, something like that. That's not fair to the to the song. <laughs> One star. 
It's old and boring for <laughs> overgrown teenagers. Wait, you found a one star? Where was that from? I found I found a one star for Machine Head. Oh, okay. the album. Well, for the, the Machine Head album that it's it's old and boring. So that's an actual commentary on the music. It's kind I, of uh I like um kind of this one. It's a five-star review of Smoke on the Water by Kent E, and this was actually um this last year. Verified purchase. It says as advertised, but advertised is completely spelled wrong. <laughs> like not even close. I, I had to look. I had to think about what he was trying to say. <laughs> no. Advertised. A d v e r t z e d. I guess he only missed the I. But the title is as advertised, and then the comment is as advertised, and spelled wrong both places. I have one from uh, Manuel, one star, a classic dot, dot, dot of stupidity. (laughs) (laughs) Smoke on the water must have the most stupid guitar riff with one F of the rock history. Boring, boring, boring. But if you like it, it okay. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, like, I don't know. Why Why even waste your time at that point, you know? <laughs> I just want to turn people on to why they should avoid this album. I don't know. I, it's... <laughs> it's stupid. That riff is stupid. <laughs> A classic of stupidity. <laughs> oh, I love this album. Not... Is that, is that one? No, but that's just that was basically oh. the gist of what that person was getting at. Yeah, it was a like classic a classic of stupidity. Not classic of stupidity. Oh, ridiculous! But unfortunately, if if you look at like albums like this, there's just like there's not a lot of reviews of like CDs or even streaming music anymore. Like I see more reviews on like, um, on on Amazon of like. Of like printers and like you know uh, like hairbrushes and and shit like that. I just yeah yeah you know not not even of like music anymore. Like I don't even. Well, I mean Amazon's probably not even the place to review music because people seem to use it for everything else, like food, like you know you name it. Yeah right. So see, so they saw like a, like a thousand reviews on like you know like a shampoo the other day, and there's like friggin' eight eight reviews of like Machine Head CD. <laughs> well you figure i mean what by the time amazon came out this album was already 30 years old like what what else do you what else needs to be said you're either going here to buy it because you know it like who's just being like oh you know this got recommended (laughs) to me you know you bought you bought this um norelco shaver you people who bought this also bought machine head oh maybe i'll give that a try (laughs) well you know what just a public service announcement if you want to buy the audio CD of Machine Head on Amazon. As of this recording, there's only 16 left in stock, so hurry up. <laughs> the world supply of it is almost is almost used up. Uh, it's probably like on its like you know 600th pressing. <laughs> um, what the heck? I'm I'm sorry. I'm back at these these Facebook comments. I. Anything interesting? 
I mean, some of them are just inexplicable. I don't know what they're talking about. You've got these oh, people that go. just run down the, the lineup. That's social media comments for you. Like, it's because they spent all their money on a great producer that they need to hire such a lousy communication team. This series of videos is absolutely pointless. Okay. <laughs> I like how you're interpreting it. Well, I mean, how else could you interpret that? Oh, I mean, doing the voice and everything. I know, but like, that's got to be the voice. I can almost, I can hear them. I can hear them saying it. I can hear them saying it in their head as they're typing it. Someone says, we need a new album, please. Like, I think that's what they're doing. (laughs) That's the whole point of this. The person that's upset that John Lord died, like that, that that was a personal insult to him that John Lord died. (laughs) Uh, Sounds like Moody Blues. Somebody saying a lot of stuff in other languages that I don't really understand. Interesting. Ooh, somebody said Fools Part 2. That's kind of an interesting take on that sound bit, bite that we just heard. Hmm. Like it's the, okay. in, that intro to Fools. That's kind of cool. So, you know, that's actually something that's like, you know, thought provoking. Yeah, that was actually a really very uh, smart comment. Like, yeah, seeing that like, but but it also sounded like <clears throat> with... um. Gillen having that little spoken word out of it sounds like that um that Bedlam song off of Infinite, how he kind of like talks through the beginning mm-hmm. of that. So that'll be interesting. And as we've talked about, we consider we we're considering when that album comes out doing a midnight release podcast and getting the podcast out as soon as possible with our re- real time reactions. It would be the mm-hmm. first and only album that we could really do that to. As I've heard all the other ones. Um cool. So with that, uh, we're just going to wrap it right up into this week in Purple History, almost almost finishing up the year on our week in Purple History here as we go into the week of March 2nd through March 8th. Oh, my goodness. Almost Oof. into April. We started the show in April, so when this show yeah. comes out on March 2nd, we'll be about a, a, few, a few episodes away from our one-year anniversary. Hard to imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so our history. So... On March 4th, 1948, this gentleman, Mike Moran, was born, who, of course, was uh, instrumental in um, being in the Ian Gillen, uh, working with Ian Gillen, um, also in the Butterfly Ball. So, great guy. And one of the cool-looking dude. Very cool-looking dude. There's definitely... Things were not kind to him looks-wise in the early 80s, so I picked this picture because it definitely uh, definitely looking cool. Um, just four days later, the same year, 1948, Mel Galley was born. We sadly lost a few years back. Mel Galley, of course, of trapeze and later Whitesnake fame. Very cool. And then March 4th, 1977, the release of Malice in Wonderland. Which you'll have to, if you want to hear our review of Malice in Wonderland, you'll have to check out episode... Oh boy, where is it? What episode was that? Uh, episode 33, where we covered Malice in Wonderland. Very fun album. So there you have it. That's the news, or the news and the history this week. The Deep Purple Podcast. We'll be coming back at you next week with some more. I think we're gonna we're gonna be tackling. Well, here's a little spoiler. We're gonna be tackling 
an album next week. Right? Am I, am I right about that? <laughs> what, whoa, what a spoiler. Oh, oh. Which, what, which one could it be? Well, there's a lot of albums. It is an album by someone who was in Deep Purple. <laughs> Just describe the premise of the whole damn show. So that's a that's a that's a very general teaser. I hope, so if anybody can figure it out, <laughs> I hope I didn't give too much away. If uh, <laughs> yeah, but we should have start people start like putting wagers in on uh, mm. what they think it's going to be. I mean, True. We, we could send you a, a, a T-shirt or a hat that we don't actually have yet. <laughs> um, if I can ever figure out my font issue, I can get that to Steve Seaborg and he can print us some nice shirts. Oh, that'd be cool. Anyway, that's what we got this week. Thank you so much to everybody for listening, and we will see you next week. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. If you like what you hear and would like more episodes in the future, please donate on Patreon to support the show. You can also give us a rating on iTunes to help new people discover the show. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for show updates. See deeppurplepodcast.com for more details. Thank you for listening. How many people here like to look at naked ladies? They're just like, (laughs) who says naked ladies? (laughs) 